Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. And if you look at a lot of markets, the sky's the limit. If you're geographically flexible, you're in great shape. When you're geographically flexible, you're going to get lots of, you have lots and lots of options. Being geographically flexible is always going to give you a lot more options. There's another one. Not too long ago, I was working with an attorney who had been in this another credible store. And she'd been working in a law firm in the Midwest and was a service partner servicing the work of another female partner, meaning that this female partner had a lot of work and she was doing work for her. She was an ERISA attorney and and the partner she was working for met a man online. And uh, after a horrible date, the man shot and killed her. There were stories, I believe it was in Indianapolis or something. There were stories, I couldn't believe it. And um, anyway, the woman ended up losing her job because the clients, of course, didn't want to stick around in the firm because anyway. And so she started this fledgling solo practice and she'd been operating for a few years when she found me. She didn't have substantial business. It was okay. And she wanted to work in, I don't, I don't know if it was Indianapolis or Chicago or whatever the Midwestern city she was in, she wanted to work there. And so she had confined her search to that city. And then I believe some cities are around there. So typically, if someone is in like Cleveland, they might look at firms in Cincinnati and, and Detroit. And I don't know, but you get the idea. So she was looking around the Midwest. And, and I kept telling her that she needed to expand her search to other markets, but she consistently refused to do so. Every, every time I talked to her, I would tell her the same thing. And she said, like a lot of people, that she owned a house. Her child was in school. She was a single mother and the same sort of things. And then one weekend, I think she went to Dallas or maybe it was Houston. I don't remember. But, and I've been sending her webinars like this one, trying to convince her to look at other markets. And every time I spoke with her, I encouraged her to look at other markets. And after her trip, she emailed me and said she might be interested in Dallas or Houston or whatever this, I think it was Dallas. And so I got to work on contacting several firms in Texas and explained that she didn't have any business. And what happened was funny. They all passed and basically said they didn't have any interest. They didn't have enough work. And then something interesting happened. There was a huge law firm down there and one day I was sitting at my desk and the phone rang and, and I picked it up and uh, it was this partner from a major law firm, like one of the, again, a, probably an AMLAW 50 firm and uh, said they'd passed on her resume initially, but now they were interested in hiring her and wanted to interview her. And it was one of these calls where they hadn't even met her, but it was pretty obvious that they were going to hire her just based on the phone call. And, uh, and within a few weeks, she was, had a job as a partner there and a good job. I think this, I think her salary was it was very good. And, and she's still there doing very well and, and happy. So I have stories like this that I could tell all day. And I'll certainly tell you some more stories today as we go along. But my point is, is that uh, if you're a senior attorney and you're in some specialty, you're always going to be able to find a job. You can find a job in a small like upstart firm or a growing upstart firm. You can find a job in a, in a large law firm. But what's happening with each of these types of searches when you're finding these jobs is that you're finding a job that typically has institutional clients that the law firm needs serviced and they don't care about you having a lot of business. I've seen, I mean, I've got examples all day. I've seen litigators that were very good at going to trial and arguing certain types of cases, but had no business. And then big law firms brought them in because they needed someone that could just do trials. There's all, all sorts of stories that I could tell all day long. But the point is what these attorneys are doing is they're finding, and I'm doing it for them, but they're finding law firms that have the types of work that they do. 
Another example that I'll just, I love placing one example would be like IP attorneys. So a lot of times patent attorneys will be very senior and you could be like a seven, I place patent attorneys in their seventies, but they might have some experience doing something unusual. I don't know, working with cold fusion or just something weird. And, and then I can search our database and find firms that have had openings for that in the past. And and sometimes moving people to ridiculous places they never thought they'd live, like moving a attorney from Syracuse, New York to Memphis to a small firm. It's just, you just never know. It's very interesting. Then there's also a lot of law firms with new practice areas. So law firms are constantly adding new practice areas. And and they do it for a lot of reasons. Like sometimes I've seen insurance defense firms try to add corporate as a practice area. Sometimes the law firm wants to add a practice area because they have a client that wants to give them a specific type of work and, and they don't have anyone to do it and they know they can make money. And if the law firm doesn't do this type of work, they need to find someone that they can. Some practice areas that are interesting that law firms will often start practice areas in if the right person comes along is our immigration, trust in estates. There's lots of them. But if a good person comes, sometimes even tax, they want to have a tax person maybe, sometimes bankruptcy. There's a lot of firms that do that sort of stuff. A lot of times law firms will decide they want to start a practice here. So recently I was working with a trademark attorney and this attorney had been asked to relocate to a remote part of the United States for family reasons. I believe her daughter was going to school or I don't know, something. I don't remember what the reason was. And then she was in a different state and her law firm realized that if she was working in that state, that the law firm would have to go through all these formalities and register in the state and then pay taxes in the state and had no interest in that. And they didn't want to have a remote partner, so they let her go. And she was in her earliest, early 60s at this point, had no business, um, but needed to work. I believe she was paying for her daughter's school, or maybe her daughter was handicapped or something. I don't remember what it was, but she needed. She still needed the work. And I respected her a lot. She was, she, she was the first woman ever to make a partner in the office of this big law firm she'd been working for. She'd had a very distinguished career in another field before becoming an attorney. I believe she was a rocket or something, I believe, on Broadway. It was funny. And then, and then she'd just overcome one obstacle over after another, moving the United States from a, you know, Germany or something and not speaking English as a first, I, but she just all these different things she'd overcome. And I very much wanted to help her, but there just weren't a lot of law firms willing to hire remote partners without any business, at least not that I know of. Furthermore, she was in trademark law, which I believe at the time she was looking for a position wasn't that busy. So I was thinking about how to get her a job. And these tactics that I'm telling you about are things that you can do yourself. But I decided to just put into a newsletter out to law firms or something or contact them, law firms with a message basically saying, do they have a need for anybody who is senior in anything, meaning in any practice area to work remotely? And then I said, we have attorneys and trademark and mentioned a bunch of different practice areas. And I sent this email out and a lot of times when you're marketing things, like you don't expect to get any type of response. It's really how it works. If you work with our companies, you probably get a lot of emails from BCG and Law Crossing, different things. And, and again, most people, when they receive marketing messages, don't respond. And so in this particular marketing message, I didn't really think too much about it. And I think I, I sent to 25,000 law firms or maybe more. And with the idea of seeing if there might be any interest in her, but not doing so directly. And I received a, con a response 
from a again, law firm hired partner called me up and in Grand Rapids, Michigan, it might not have been Grand Rapids even, it might have been Muskegon, Grand Rapids that had a significant client that wanted to give them all their trademark work. And they couldn't believe their luck that I was contacting them with this offer and, and needed a partner with world-class trademark experience so that they could plug in and have do the work. They didn't care if they worked remotely. They just wanted the person to travel to Grand Rapids now and then to work in the office and meet some of the attorneys. And she got a position and was able to work remotely. And incredibly, like this was, I don't know, a long time ago, seven or eight years ago. And then I had a trademark case that I was, uh, where I was trying to enforce someone that was misusing one of our trademarks. And I called her up thinking maybe she would help me with some, or help my attorneys that were working on it, maybe because I knew she was very good at it. And she was still working for the firm. So that's great. She was able to get a really good remote job working from, Portland or something with a law firm in Grand Rapids, Michigan. So again, these sorts of opportunities, and it was a good sized firm, are great. So if you do something, if you're in some niche practice area, contacting firms that may not even have your practice area uh, sometimes can be smart. So who you ask yourself what types of candidates can do that? Trademark, bankruptcy, different types of niche practice areas will always potentially have opportunities for you. And and again, it's just the question of being at the right place at the right time and researching that. But just think if you look at a law firm, and if a law firm does one type of thing, think, what could I do that might help that law firm? Like maybe the law firm does general corporate. Like I, I'm just thinking of another example. I had someone that was a, a senior attorney that I know of. He had, and was actually a friend of mine, and he had worked at a law firm for 10 or 11 years then went in-house. And then when he went in-house, I had a horrible experience, ended up getting fired and, and then wanted me to find him a job. And I said, I was like, all right. And so the way I marketed him was I sent him to law firms outside of Los Angeles in like suburban areas. Suburban areas would be Long Beach, Rancho, just Palm Springs, like that sort of thing. And I, I don't think Palm Springs is a suburb of Los Angeles, but just smaller towns and areas around outside of Los Angeles. And he was hired by a law firm that was essentially at that point an insurance defense firm that wanted to start a corporate practice because they had a lot of clients. And he got a job there and did very well and made partner and all sorts of things and then built that into a much better career in other firms. So again, like law firms will actually sometimes want to hire people and start new practice areas with you. And it's great for senior attorneys. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. Law firms opening branch offices. A lot of times at law firms will open branch offices. And so one of the most interesting placements I ever made was for a partner. He had 10 days to find a new job before he was officially unemployed. And he didn't have any portable business. He'd been working for a major law firm in Los Angeles where he won ma major contingency verdict for one of his clients, I think and brought in over $100 million to the law firm. And the law firm had helped him 
staff the case that paid him very well. You know, it doesn't matter, but $650,000 a year for the three years. He worked on the matter, but he still believed that after he settled this case, they were going to give him a really big bonus for all the money he brought into the firm. And, and the law firm gave him what they thought was a lot of money, was $250,000. Uh, he was very upset. And he was so upset that in, in terms of how he voiced his concerns, which I'm assuming was you know, not pleasant, they just said, fine, then you're just too toxic, so you better find another place to work. And they gave him a week or so to find a new job. I met him, and he wanted me to go meet him in a bar in Venice, California, which is a and I met him there, and he was very put together and professional. And, and he basically told me he understood it would be very difficult to find a job in a week. He wanted to find a job in a week because he didn't want to have any gaps on his resume, because a lot of times that makes it a little bit more difficult for attorneys to find jobs. And I told him that a week was not enough time to find a job with another major American law firm. I told him that it usually takes a lot longer because for them to make hiring decisions, it can take off in six months. There are some firms that if you want to be a partner there, they literally will require you to go around and meet all of their partners or meet at least five people in each of the branch offices and things. So it can take a long time. Sometimes it can take a year. It takes a long time. But this partner said he didn't care. He just wanted to go to a more entrepreneurial firm. And, and he just wanted to be in a place where this, his efforts would be rewarded. And, and as I was doing the search for him, I got a call from a law firm in Minneapolis. They wanted to open a branch office in Los Angeles, and they had all this litigation-related work for major clients. They did contingency-related work, and they wanted someone with his very good credentials that would impress this major client. And so it was exactly what this person was doing. And, and then I couldn't believe it. And this happened and within a day of this call. When I told him about this partner and got his, the partner's authorization to talk to him about it, he was meeting with the law firm. And within a few days, he had an offer. And the law firm was funny. They thought I was extremely effective and very good. Before you start thinking about that, I made this placement and everything, he didn't end up taking the offer. And instead, he went to a, a, another thing that he had lined up of a, a, law, school, a law firm where he had some friends from law school working. So he felt that would be a safer move for him. And so he went to a startup firm, kind of firm I told you about it earlier. But again, law firms open branch offices all the time. And, and when they do, it's often a great opportunity to get a position there. They're looking for credibility. They're looking for people that can service their clients in different cities. And, and it can often be a very good opportunity. Law firms will open branch offices with the expectation that they're not going to make money from them right away. And, and it's often from their standpoint, it looks good just to have bodies there. So sometimes if you look at a lot of mid-sized firms, they might be based in, I don't know, Birmingham, Alabama, but then they'll say, we have offices in Los Angeles and we have offices in New York. And then you'll look at the, the, the offices and like who's in them and you'll only see a lot of times just a few attorneys. And often they're older attorneys that have been partners with other firms that may not have a lot of work, but they keep them on the website because they want to look like they have a presence there. So that's something to think about many times is branch offices of newer law firms that don't have a lot of attorneys there are often a great place to get positions because the law firms want to look like they have a bigger presence than they really do there. And, and they, they may want people that can help them with recruit or different things or service their clients or be someone. So you never know. But branch offices are always a great opportunity for senior attorneys as well. The next point is when you're a senior attorney without business, it's very important that you be geographically flexible. 
But you need to be flexible also in the terms of the size of the firm and the prestige level of the firm you go to. But being geographically flexible is very important because the more flexible you are and the more market you're interested in, the better you're going to do. It's when I have a candidates that are geographically flexible and are willing to look at a lot of markets, they always do very well. There's certain markets where you need to be admitted to the bar, which are like California and some others. But when you start looking at smaller markets, which smaller markets outside of major markets, those markets always have a difficult time finding good people in different practice areas. And a lot of times they have big clients. One example I gave earlier was Grand Rapids. There's Steelcase and all sorts of big companies there. There's lots of work and all over in smaller markets and places that people don't think about, like San Antonio as opposed to Austin or Dallas. And so a lot of times in these smaller markets, if you're geographically flexible, there's lots of opportunities. I might have placed a lot of people in New Mexico in places you would never think of or Bakersfield, California, as opposed to other markets. So if you're geographically flexible, you're going to have a lot more opportunities. And the reason for that, regardless of whether you're senior, is law firms in in smaller markets just aren't receiving as many applicants. So people open offices in places like New York and Los Angeles and Chicago because they have access to a huge labor pool. And there's more people that want jobs in those cities than, than there are jobs. But if you go to smaller markets, you're going to have a lot better luck. And, and if you're only interested in one market, you're going to have a very hard time getting a position than if you expand your horizon. Smaller markets get calcified. Like so Everyone knows each other. They make judgments about other firms and people. And it's just very difficult, especially if you're located in a smaller market. So when you start looking at lots of markets, you start getting lots of interviews. So I think I've told similar examples of this on this call already. But one of the things that happens a lot of times is someone might get laid off in a market like New York or San Francisco or Chicago and have a very difficult time finding a job in those markets. Many times they'll only be looking at large firms. They won't look at startup firms and smaller firms and other types of places, and they'll have a very difficult time. But when they start being geographically flexible, all of a sudden they're getting tons of interviews. One example I told you earlier was trusting the state's attorney that was very senior, maybe like in Washington, D.C. or some market like that, not getting any interviews, been home for a year, very, un- very depressed, and, and finally gets in touch with me. And I'm like, you have to market yourself all over. I think that person got at least lots and lots of interviews. I mean, probably at least 20. I'm just thinking, I don't remember, but it was a ton. Ends up getting a position in Scottsdale, Arizona. This is the story over and over again. Someone in San Francisco gets laid off six months into their job as a corporate attorney in a big firm or fired or something, decides to look at a lot of firms, ends up getting you know 15 offers in smaller markets. This is what happens. And if you look at a lot of markets, the sky's the limit. The securities attorney I told you about earlier got a job in, in, a, in Portland from Chicago or, or no, not Portland, but Seattle. And this is just what happens. So if you look at a lot of markets, there's so much going on it's that you're much better off. One example that's very interesting is for senior litigators. If you're a senior litigator in Los Angeles or the Bay Area trying to find a position, it, it can be very difficult. If you're trying to get a position with a like a large firm representing large clients, it can be very difficult to get a position. But there's certain pockets in every area of most states where there's work. Orange County, California, not enough litigators. Lots and lots of jobs for senior litigators there. And law firms aggressively hiring people, having bidding wars for senior litigators. This is, I've had recruiters do so well placing senior litigators in Orange County 
that they've broken off and started their own firms doing it. There's, there's just in Orange County. That, and I don't know that Orange County is as active right now as it was, but I'm just saying there's always places that are going to be very active. And if you're geographically flexible, you're in great shape. That's the mistake that most senior attorneys make is they're not geographically flexible. And if you're not geographically flexible, it can become much more difficult, but it drastically increases your odds. Most of the stories that I tell, by the way, of senior attorneys getting positions come when they're geographically flexible. Now, certainly looking at startup firms in your own market and looking at those sorts of things can be helpful or branch offices of new firms. But if you're geographically flexible, you're almost always going to get positions because how could you not? There's so many firms out there in different markets that aren't getting applicants. They're small. Just look at, go to a search and do the top 100 largest cities in the country. And it's absolutely amazing how many firms there are and how many opportunities there are. I recently made a placement not too long ago that was completely bizarre. It was a healthcare attorney. I believe it was in Colorado. And she'd been working in the legal department uh, for a, a large hospital in Ohio and was looking for a position anywhere in the country. Now, this is funny, but this, is, this shows you what it's like when you go into other markets. She had no business. I don't think she even had law firm experience. She might have had a little bit, but meaning six months or something. But she'd been working in a large hospital doing some sort of legal-related work, and, and there wasn't really anything notable about her and her education or work history. Now, because healthcare attorneys are marketable, I decided to work with her. And then I typically, in certain practice areas like healthcare, that's one where you know I'm interested in working people. And she was geographically flexible. And her first interview with a Colorado law firm was a good Colorado law firm. It was like a mid-sized law firm, probably 100 attorneys or something in a couple different offices in Colorado. And, and when she was interviewing, she insisted having her husband on this call during the interview with the law firm. And he was, a, I believe, a retired high school teacher. And he wanted to ask questions to the law firm as well. And here they were grilling the law firm. And to my astonishment, again, I've, this is very rare to have an in-house attorney interviewed by a law firm with, with their spouse on the phone. But the law firm brought her out to Colorado and ended up hiring her. Do you know the secrets to getting your dream legal job? We do. And one of the best things you can do is apply to jobs that fly under the radar. Applying to openings with very little competition means you stand a much higher chance of getting hired. But how do you find openings like that? For starters, you're not going to find them on major job boards because these jobs are usually only advertised on companies' websites and in small regional publications. That is why we created Law Crossing the most comprehensive database of legal jobs in the world. We have a team of people constantly working to find every single legal job out there. Unlike other job boards, which only list jobs that companies pay to post, we include every legal job we can find in order to maximize your chances of finding a job. So, what are you waiting for? Head over to www.lawcrossing.com to find your dream legal job today. And it was a good law firm. So. This is the idea. And they needed someone with her skills in healthcare and whatever her background was. And, and the idea is that when you're geographically flexible, you're going to get lots of, you have lots and lots of options. You sh- you, I've made more placements than I can count. Today, there's probably 10 candidates of mine out on interviews that wouldn't be on interviews unless they were as we speak. 
unless they were geographically flexible. Same thing goes with senior attorneys. I just want you to think about this, like how it works. Just think about, look, if say you're a, I don't know, it doesn't matter what kind of attorney you are, but say you're a personal injury attorney. You can look up a hundred markets in the United States and and each of those are going to have probably tons of personal injury firms in them and apply to them. Say you're a patent attorney. It's, there's going to be there's patent firms. No matter where you want to work, there's probably places. So I recently placed a tax partner from Florida and upstate New York. She'd been unemployed for over a year and never been to upstate New York and ended up taking a job. And I couldn't believe how lucky she was. I remember that because she was in Florida. And, and I don't know, there, there was, it was some kind of bad situation where she was living with her mother in an apartment, and I, I don't know, and there's no money. And, um, but anyway, she got a position in a, and taking a job in upstate New York as a tax partner. And the law firm thought they, were, they couldn't believe it. They were very excited because the job had been open for quite some time. I've placed people that have been unemployed in places like Dubai and London and Asia. There's all sorts of experience. So I had a senior international arbitration attorney that had been unemployed for several years, meaning two or three years. So situation was so bad that this particular person, I believe, was working, I don't know, working as a contract attorney or a restaurant or something you wouldn't even expect and very frustrated. And oh, and gone back to school. And then there was an international arbitration position that opened up in Dubai. And he was senior, like 12 or 13 years out, or maybe more. There were international arbitration is a type of law where there's not a lot of positions and a lot of competition for the ones that there are, in, especially in the US. And the reason for that is because a lot of foreigners, people that come over and get LLMs, want to get those jobs. He got a job in Dubai um, and with a major firm. Early in my career, I remember placing a very senior project finance attorney from Texas in Hong Kong. There were no openings in the United States at the time. That's a very difficult practice area to get a position with. And the, um, all the openings were in Asia. And so this ended up sa saving his career. So being geographically flexible is always going to give you a lot more options. In every city in the country, there's hundreds and hundreds of law firms that you should be applying to. And every one of these represents an opportunity for you to get a position. Um, the other point I want to make, and this is just, this is like Harrison Barnes 101, is that when you apply to only jobs, you're really limiting yourself because Anybody that can get on any job site and apply to firms, and those are your competition. In most cases, if a law firm does put an opening online somewhere on a job site, they're going to get a lot of applicants, including ones from out of state, and you're going to be competing against them. So if you're just applying to firms because you think they're good and you're telling the law firm why you're applying, you're going to be better off. But even if you're a really good attorney in whatever market you're in you're, and you apply to certain places, you can do well. I've had examples where in Mem or Nashville, there's a lot of entertainment positions. You wouldn't think that, but everyone moves to LA and tries to get entertainment-related positions in LA. But actually, Memphis is probably a much easier place to, or Nashville, I'm sorry, is a much easier place to get entertainment positions than a lot of other markets. And then this is something I brought up earlier, but I just want to be very clear about this, that almost all senior attorneys that I place, now not all of them, because I mean, I was looking at some yesterday that are getting interviews, and, and a lot of them did look a little bit like generalists, but you have to look like a specialist. And this goes really for every attorney. Most attorneys, if you're going to get hired by a law firm, you really want to look like a specialist. They're, the problem with being a generalist, and this is just this is how you frame your resume, 
is the benefit of specialists for law firms is they can, their clients are more impressed with specialists. You, you're not doing R&D, like learning a practice area. Uh, it shows a commitment. It shows you're likely to stick with them. Being an expert in something is really how law firms are set up. They have different practice areas and so forth, and they want to put an attorney in that practice area. Patent attorneys, for example, this is an example of one in his late 60s, losing a job with a, a big law firm in Denver, no idea what he was going to do. And again, saw a certain, he did a certain type of patent prosecution with a certain type of circuits. And, and what we do at BCG is interesting. You can actually do this on Law Crossing. No one uses this feature. I don't really know why. But you can go in and you can search what are called archive jobs. So we have a list of every single job that we've ever had on BCG. So when we see someone with a certain type of experience, which could be a certain type of patent experience or different types of experience, we can search our database and then see law firms that may have had those openings in the past. And so you can actually do that on Law Crossing too, which is cool, and then apply to those firms. So that when I did a search for this particular guy, I saw that I put together a list of the firms ever done work on this certain type of circuit. And there were only four law firms in the entire country. I submitted them to them, and two of them ended up offering him a job. And again, it was in a city of Texas that he'd never been, ever been to, never even, I don't think, been to Texas. And, and everybody was very excited because they never would have found each other without my involvement. This is what happens when you're a specialist. When you're a specialist, you have the ability, you can search, for example. Say you're, a, a, I don't know, you have experience in housing tax credits or something. You could search what you could take the list of 50 cities in the United States and you could search and search for each city which firms have housing taxing special. I'm just giving you an example or term that kind of summarizes what practice area you do, you, you do or some experience you have that's unusual. Because if you can find firms that do that, then you're going to be better off. So, this particular guy was now practicing law in Texas, was very discouraged before I talked to him. Um, and again, I was only able to do that because he was a specialist. You have to take your resume if you're a senior attorney and you have to draw it out and you have to think about how do you make yourself look like a specialist. I'll tell you who doesn't get jobs. A lot of times what happens is senior attorneys will be in-house and then the in-house position will need to lay them off or, or whatever. I don't know, or they'll leave and maybe voluntarily or not, but They'll go to resume coaches or outplacement people and they'll put together these kind of long descriptions with long introductions and all sorts of recapping decades of experience. And it will be in all these different practice areas and locations and things. And the problem with that is if you look like you're not a specialist, you do a bunch of different things, it's very difficult for a law firm that needs you to do one thing to, to put you into a box and hire you. So there's nothing wrong with being in any practice area, but you have to look like you're an expert in it. So you could be an expert in, I don't know, some obscure branch of education law or some obscure branch of insurance law or in representing injured people injured by trucks or motorcycles. But if you're an expert in something, then law firms love that. And these, that's who gets hired. So you have to take whatever your resume says about doing 15 different things, and you have to summarize and make it look like you do one category of things. And because this, these are the people that get jobs. I just, I want to be very clear with everybody because this applies to associates, it applies to senior attorneys. All the examples I've told you about today, I want, and we're almost done with this presentation before we take questions, but we're pretty close. But the point is, every example I've told you about is of an attorney 
that's in a specialized practice area. So I've told you about patent attorneys. I've told you about securities attorneys. I've told you about ERISA attorneys. I've told you about tax attorneys. I've told you about trademark attorneys. That these are people that are specialized, and those are the people that are getting positions, not generalists. And so, if you go to a resume coach, or you go to a, or you think that listing all your experience is going to be helpful, it's not. You you need to be specialized. And a couple of things: transactional practice areas are better in the most part, meaning patent, real estate. That's another one I told you about. Corporate and ERISA; those are usually much better if you're a senior attorney than non-transactional practice areas. And a lot, not a lot of attorneys have experience in transactional practice areas. Again, most attorneys are litigation, so that's much easier. But you need to make your resume look like you're a specialist in something because it's not going to fly if you look like you do 15 different things. So you need to take your resume and really try to narrow it down. People are not interested in you if you say you're an expert in all things, at least larger law firms. Now, some solo practitioners and very small law firms sometimes do have people that are do a bunch of different things, but it's not it's not the kind of law firm that's usually going to have the ability to pay you a good amount of money and that sort of thing. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com. 